take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Check us out online on our Facebook page and Instagram at Couple Synergy or our website, couplesynergy.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for nearly 20 years. You know, everyone says you should work on your relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast as an avenue where people can learn what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of with the partner they fell in love with. You know, Jean, how many couples have we interviewed that are not having dinner with each other? Oh, mm, 90%. 90%. Yeah, you know, that also coincides with the amount of quality time that they're spending with each other would say probably an average of one hour or less per week, mm-hmm. would you say? Yeah. You know, when we lived in tribes, we would gather around a fire. And that would be the time where you're bonding and you're sharing and dreaming together, right? And then when we became more nuclear family, living kind of in our own homes, we gathered around the dinner table. And, you know, when I was a child, that was every night you were there, you were expected to be there. Um, there was, it was an exact time. There was rituals associated with that. Even when I was growing up, too, mm-hmm. we sat around the dinner table every night and had dinner as a family. And there was, there was no TV on. What would happen if the phone rang? I'm I know in, in our house, we were not allowed to answer that phone during dinner. No, we did not either. Yep, that was definitely, it was really carved out time. You know, there might have been some friends that joined in the family dinner, but they were expected to follow the rituals and same rules that the rest of us followed. That was back in the day when you could take the phone off the hook. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. And there was one phone for the whole family. Right, there was. And you certainly didn't answer it during dinner time. Right. So the time was very sacred, mm-hmm. right? And yep. there are a lot of studies that have been done about families having dinner together and how that is obsolete now right? and how it impacts the family as a whole. Right. So now we are gathering around a screen and we're sitting side by side mm-hmm. and looking out or instead of across from. Right. Or, or we're having dinner at different times. You know, like the kids are going to eat and then the parents are just going to eat later. You know, they're just coordinating food for the kids, you know, dinner for this kid who wants this and then dinner for this kid who wants something else. And they're just scrambling. And, you know, not it's there's, there definitely isn't any unity going on. Right. I think people are substituting comfort and ease with some really important life lessons that are a little awkward and a little inconvenient, and I think the payoff isn't worth it, you know? 
when we talk about the four-year-old brain, right? Not able to delay gratification, not able to self-soothe, not able to problem solve independently, not able to take personal responsibility, not able to tolerate negative emotion, not able to tolerate too much or too little emotion, not able to tolerate ambiguity, ambivalence, or your own company. And so prior to the age of four, that's just how our brain is. But after that, when the prefrontal cortex comes online, those are the skills that you learn having dinner together, right? Because you have to sit and wait till everyone is sitting down. In our house, you had to wait till after the prayer. And then you could finally, you know, start taking your food and you would have to pass the bowl and you would have to say please and thank you. And you couldn't get up without permission. Not to mention the skills you're learning about conversation, mm-hmm. right? How to have a normal conversation where, you know, you are not stepping over someone else. You're not interrupting someone else. And just that normal flow of a healthy conversation, you're, you're learning that every single day because it is a consistent anchor point for the family. Now we take that and we see the impact of, of the dissolution of that. And now we apply that just to the cornerstone of the family, which is the couple in the family, right? Right. And their relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if the, if the couple is not spending time together, having that anchor point every single day of sitting down, reconnecting, talking about their day, right? Talking about the future, and then dreaming together. And if that's not happening consistently every single day, you could see how they would drift apart a lot easier. Yeah. You know, I remember, you know, when we would have dinner, there would be nine kids and my parents, 11 of us. And as a child, you actually wanted to leave. You wanted to like be done eating and be done being appropriate and polite and following the rules and so you could go back outside and play or whatever and my parents would then have coffee and they would sit for hours and talk about their days and you know my mom was stay at home my dad worked but that's what they did at night sometimes people would drop by like other adults but that was their adult time as well and that's definitely quality time Mm -hmm. yep and now what we're hearing from couples is that they are spending that time in front of a tv screen yeah. Watching their shows together. Right. Which they might feel like that's quality time and mm-hmm. they're spending it together, but they're really not. No, there's no relationship behaviors happening when you're watching a show together. Right. Most of the time you're not even talking. Right. You're just watching the program and being entertained. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, you are simultaneously experiencing something without that interaction. Right. There's not even typically affection happening during... TV watching time, which would be a great opportunity for affection, right? The other thing that happens when you're engaging in things like the screen, it shrinks your gray matter, which is what we need for relationships, right? Isn't that the bonding and relationship communication skills? And so a lot of couples, when they come to see us, are like, hey, our communication's falling apart. Well, anytime that we're engaging in behaviors that activate the dopamine center in the brain, the reward center in the brain, we are changing that structure. And that leads to a decrease in gray matter. Mm -hmm. And we see this in studies with 
video games and with pornography. And so, yes, I mean, when couples are not actively communicating, creating that anchor point of connection every single day, that bond that they initially had is is naturally going to deteriorate. It's naturally going to start falling apart. If you are not investing energy in that connection, well, it is definitely not going to stay together. You know, when your brain is used to that type of high dopamine, uh, reward, pleasure, excitement stuff, the natural pace of a human being of sitting down and having conversations and eating dinner together slowly, it's kind of boring and awkward in the same way that it would be really uncomfortable if you stop working out. You start working out again, it's awkward and uncomfortable. And so it's not easy. TV's easy. You know, sitting down and and sitting across from each other is more difficult. Well, because of the eye contact, mm-hmm. right? The body language, having to find a common interest, something to talk about that bonds you together. We had this awesome experience on July 4th where we went to watch fireworks where there was, you know, literally this was the only fireworks show that was in the surrounding area that we live in. Because of COVID and we can't gather. Exactly, right. And so, you know, the, the rules were that you had to, you could sit around your car, but, you know, you couldn't really gather any place, right? So there were many people just, they had their cars, they were, you know, had chairs and set up in front of it. And we went with a, you know, good friends of ours. And, you know, one of our friends, he brought his daughters. And so while we were waiting for the fireworks show, we all had some food together and we just sat in this circle and we just talked. Mm -hmm. And it was a really great experience. It was a wonderful experience. And it's not something that you know, people do too often, right? Just converse. They usually have to have something to do, some game or some screen or, or something to entertain them. What did we do? We started asking some fun questions, right? Right. Everyone took a turn asking a specific question that everyone in the group then answered. And even when the conversation, when somebody would answer it and the conversation would go in that direction, Everyone came back and said, okay, next person, you have to answer the question. So it didn't derail. And everyone sort of made sure that everyone got their turn and felt included. And I think it was a very, a very pleasurable experience because of that. And so, you know, that's one of the tricks you can do. You know, um, I remember that one movie with Bruce Willis. I forget. And I know that one. He goes, the ambulance. I don't remember the movie, but I think it, Michelle Pfeiffer was his wife in that. And they would do the high-low thing at dinner. Like say what is your high for the day and your low for the day. Do you remember that? Bruce Willis and Michelle Pfeiffer? I think so. Oh, this is like a, an 80s movie. Yeah, though. yeah. It's way back in the day. But, you know, things like that or ask a question or um, even if you're up on some current events or something, just share about your life and share about your day. And it is potentially going to be awkward and uncomfortable and you have the silence and it's worth pushing through that. You know, we always talk about get bored together, right? Right. And that's part of it. It's, it's work. And when people say you should work on your relationship, they don't mean turn the TV on. They mean 
actually engage in relationship behaviors. Right. Don't turn the TV on. Don't think that going out with another couple is the same thing. Don't think that going out to dinner and including your, your child is going to be the same thing. It, it isn't. Uh, neither is going to the store and shopping together for groceries, okay, or doing any kind of errand type of activities. This is, you know, I, I, a lot of times couples think that, well, we're just going to, you know, kill two birds with one stone. You know, we're spending time together, but we're, we're going out and we are shopping for furniture. Well, it's, that is not quality time. Right. You know, when we were sitting there on July 4th, waiting for the fireworks when it became dusk, we started to look up into the sky and saw stars and started to talk about planets and constellations. You know, it's that dreaming. It's that creativity. It's this no obligation type of conversation that is quality time or or constitutes quality time. Right, because you're not doing problem solving. There's not a right or wrong answer. It's a blank canvas. You're just creating. And on the other side of that creating usually is the most fun because you just come up with silly ideas because your brain is active in that thinking of how am I going to relate to this other person and what can we create? And some really great ideas come out of that and a lot of fun. You know, you might even, I don't know, plan a trip or talk about your dreams or, you know, create a vision of your future that wasn't there because there was no space for it. You know, and a lot of people in the corporate world, they understand the concept of brainstorming. You know, companies come together, they brainstorm about different ideas or different approaches that they want to take, you know, in order to promote the business, to increase productivity. And when they're in the process of brainstorming, there is no judgment. There is no solution-focused type of approach on this at all because all you're doing is putting everyone's ideas out there. You know, good, bad, ugly, whatever it is. And from there, you have a wealth of options that you can research and figure out what is the best approach. There's no decisions being made. The decision-making gets separated out from the brainstorming. And a lot of times, couples are only solving problems, you know, finding out logistical things they need to do to survive and their finances and what those goals are. But what we're talking about is beyond that, you know, beyond a decision making, like, like we ask couples this all the time as part of our program, like, what is your dreams of the future? And they're like, Oh, uh, that we get along. I mean, they, they can't even, you know, we don't even know if we're going to survive the day. Right. And they, you know, we were like, just dream big, just whatever. What would you really love to do? And they were so paralyzed. And I don't know why we got like this in our culture, but people don't want to be disappointed or they don't want to be uncomfortable. And so they're afraid to say, hey, I'd really love to go see, you know, Australia or build a log cabin or whatever people's dreams are. And they don't want to be disappointed and they get locked up like, well, how are we going to get the money? And this is not about that. This is just about fun. Because what we do know is that what you focus on grows. And if you keep focusing on your dreams, you will make them happen. The money will show up. And if you try to combine the brainstorming and the dreaming with how to make that happen or the solution-focused approach, and you jam those two together, what happens is that someone's dream 
ultimately gets shot down. Or both people's. And they cut their dreams up into a way to fit it in a nice little box until they're not even recognizable as a dream anymore. I remember our son had the dream of building his boat. He'd not only never built a boat before, but I don't think he ever even like used a hammer before. No, he didn't. <laughs> he had not. And I remember him saying, Mom, do you think I can build it? And I said, of course you can. All you have to do is look at whatever is the, the next thing in front of you that you have to tackle and keep tackling that thing until you have a boat. You know, which of course he ended up doing, which is fabulous and in his maiden voyage, <laughs> it's safe. But he, they built but a boat. He right? learned a lot oh, yeah. in the process. Mm-hmm. You know, together, the, the whole group of them. Mm-hmm. And they would not have had that experience had they stopped their dreams at the beginning. And so when we're talking about having dinner together as a couple and creating that anchor point every single day, we're talking about dreaming together and having that dinner be part of that dream, not just logistics, okay? Not just trying to jam dreaming with solutions together, but really investing that creativity into your relationship. You know, even if you don't talk, you will find yourself reflecting on your day and sort of getting more present and de-stressing and your brain starts to think very differently when you just pause and stop putting new information in. And even if it's awkward or you don't talk at all, there's still a lot of benefits to just getting quiet together and being present and focused. It, it actually space. is going to help you be more productive. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right, a lot of couples that we know, one person grabs their dinner and goes to you know, their home office to continue working. Yeah. Because they think they're just going to be more productive if they eat on the run. And it's that de-stressing time. It's that reconnection time that actually makes them feel more energized so that they can be more productive. Here's a question for you. You know, I come up with lots of ideas. You? What? (laughs) So we're driving the car and I'm like, hey, what about this or what about that? Or we're doing something or I ask you to do something and then I ask you to do like three more things before you finish the first one. So I'm always kind of generating a lot of thoughts and a lot of ideas. How often do I do that when we're watching TV? Um, None. Like it never happens. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't have to create because, you know, the TV program is producing that storyline for you. And all the details. Mm-hmm. So it actually, that's interesting. So it actually shuts down a part of the brain and opens up another part of the brain. And so you stop, you stop creating, you stop dreaming, you stop, uh, you stop feeling your own feelings and you start feeling the feelings of the people on the screen. Well, how many times have you seen a movie after reading a book and it just does not do yeah, it, right? right. It's because, you know, in the book, when you're reading it, you are part of creating. Mm -hmm. You're an active participant. Like, you know what the people should look like and what they sound like and where they are. And then they change it in the movie. It's someone else's idea of it. Yeah, another person's perspective Mm -hmm. or interpretation of it. Yeah. And and so, you know, you, you think about that as, you know, when you are 
you know, sparking that part of your brain and you're doing it together with your partner, then that, that is where that, that spark and nuance comes from and feeding that in your relationship just keeps you moving forward and growing together. You know, I just thought about that concept of the four-year-old brain and taking personal responsibility and problem solving independently. And when you are having dinner with your partner, you are taking responsibility together and doing that problem solving together. So it's a shared risk. And that shared risk really forges the bond. Which brings us to the Couple Synergy Weekend Intensive so excited that we are going to have <laughs> yeah. this coming October, mm-hmm. you know, just in you talking about the dinner together, right? We are going to have a couple's dinner on this weekend, yep. which is going to be amazing. And we're going to talk people through it so that they can do it right. And it feels good. And we're going to skip all the awkwardness and all the silence and keep it really focused and directed so they can have a really great, really great time. That's our goal. This dinner dance is going to be fantastic. It is going to be a fantastic part of the weekend, and we hope to see you there. And if you are interested in being on the weekend, you can email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. The registration link will be up shortly on our website, but if you want to get in on the hype, just email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. Yeah, and just to get a flavor about how this weekend is going to go, it will have parts that are deeply emotional and connecting, but it's going to have other parts that are really fun and socializing with your partner in a way that you really don't get to do because life's so busy. And so we want the full experience. This is not just a place to work. This is also a place to bond and have fun and enjoy each other. We were a little worried about this weekend because of the whole COVID and and how that has been progressing. But because now the, the states are moving in a direction of looking much better, Illinois and Michigan, this is very exciting. We're going to be able to hold this weekend. It is going to be an amazing experience for all of those couples that are going to be in attendance. And we hope that you will join us. We'd love to meet you. So we want to thank you so much again for joining us today and for listening to Couple Synergy. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. For all of you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review on Apple Podcast or on our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, or you would like to be considered as a guest on our podcast, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, the Couples Weekend Intensive, and our premier program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, go out there and have a dinner with your spouse. Yes. Also, until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. 